0: So when I was a kid, during recess, I was like, oh, 10, 12 years old. And, and I had to be 10. I think I was smarter at 12. And what happened was my friend Chris came up to me and he said, hey, I have a game. You want to play it with me? Absolutely, Chris, because I was bored. I had nothing to do during recess that day. And, yeah, he goes, all right, great. Here's the game. What is it? When you see a girl, close your eyes and run. And I stood there, and I was like, and? What? What? Keep going. And he goes, no, no, no. That's the game. <laughs> when do I open my eyes again? I don't know. And being the brilliant person that I am, I was just like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and so what happened was I saw a girl. I don't remember her. I don't remember who I closed my eyes at. Uh, it had nothing to do with her physical appearance. But I closed my eyes and I ran. And within a few minutes, I kissed a fence. Pretty good. And it hurt. And I was bleeding. And then I felt like right up in here. And you know what? Not everything was there that was there before. And I thought, well, that's probably not Right. So I went up to the gym coach who oversees recess, you know the guy who's in the tight polo and the shorts that stop right before his underwear, something like that, right about here. All the things that women now wear in rap videos, this is what gym coaches wore in the 80s and early 90s. And so he's wearing it, and he had the stash. I'm just going to say stash. You know what the rest is. And he's standing there. looked like Magnum P.I.'s double. And I walked and I said, sir, uh, uh, I think I chipped my tooth. And he goes, oh, well, what you need to do is go back and find the pieces and come back. And so I went back to the spot. And everything that looked kind of white, I picked up little tiny pieces, put it in my hand. I came back and I said, is this good? And he looked at me and he said, I think you should go to the nurse. And I did, and so to this day, you might be like, uh, yeah, his, one, his front teeth, if you look close, you can see, I kind of have the Jim Carrey cable guy thing going on a little bit, if it's not there, it's part of that tooth is fake, and, and I drink coffee, and so it's hard to keep them really white, because it's, it's not like your other teeth, because it once it gets to a certain place, you just you can't change the color anymore. Uh, because it's permanent. And, and why did I do that? Why did that happen? Even though I knew my surroundings, I knew where I was, how did that happen? It's because I had no light. I couldn't see. Is the absence of light in my life. It was stupid. And I didn't know what I was doing. And this is what life without Jesus is like. You may be running around, but I guarantee you, even if you don't think you have, at some point, you're going to get hurt. At some point, you will experience pain and struggle and trial, and you won't know what to do. You will run to the gross-looking gym coach, and you'll be like, what do I do? And he won't know either because he's, he's wearing those shorts. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, that's what life without Jesus is like. It is blind. It is clueless, and it is racked with pain and no answers. This is life without Jesus. And if you don't believe me, hang in there because you'll find out at some point. Life without Jesus is darkness. But the good news is Jesus is the light of the world. He came to bring that light to us, within us, and change our lives. Matter of fact, in, Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is teaching. I believe it's the Beatitudes, and he's teaching his disciples And he says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp's placed on a stand where it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for everybody to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That verse right there, he tells his disciples. Now, you need to understand, disciples were nobodies. These were not, in their day, there was already a caste system. There were the elites, there were the leaders, and there were everybody else, the commoners. And if you were a young man and you grew up, you were taught like everybody else, school then was... The Torah, you went to biblical school till somewhere around 6th to 8th grade, what we would gauge it like now. And and if you were really exceptional, the Pharisees might tap you and say, as a young man, we're going to train you up to be a priest and a leader. But everybody else, you're going to apprentice with your father, and that's what you do forever. Forever. That's what you're going to be. That's what you're going to do. So you're, either you're a Roman, you're a Pharisee, uh, you become a Pharisee, or you're a nobody. And Jesus says, not only is that not true, you're the light of the world. If you have Jesus, people are supposed to see Jesus in you, and it shines before the world. It takes over everything. Which is kind of crazy when he says, you are the light of the world. You know what he said first? He said first, John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. Right here, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, but but, but if you follow me, you're the light of the world too. When you have Jesus in you, but I said it last week, the truth is scripture actually refers to us more in Jesus than Jesus in us. So when you're in Jesus, you can't help but shine. And it's front to back scripture. When there was nothing, God lit up the heavens. When God speaks, light comes forth. When Moses goes up the mountain and he comes down, the glory of God is so bright on him, people can't even look at him. All the way to the end, Revelation says that when it all comes down and it's all over, there will be a new heavens and a new earth. It'll all pass away. We won't have a sun anymore. We'll just have the glory of God lighting up everything. And that's the light of the world that lives inside of us if you're a Christ follower. There are stories of people coming. Before God, anybody ever heard stories of people like dying and going into heaven? Not ones where they're like, "And I saw Buddha." And I saw like, "Yeah, I, I'm not so sure." Um, but 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 those who were like had a biblical-based encounter with heaven, and they would tell you like it was a glory so bright I couldn't see until God was merciful enough to help my adjust my eyes, and I could gaze upon Him. When Moses came before the Lord and he said, God, show me your glory, he was, God was like, so you can't handle it, Moses. But I'll tell you what, turn your back and hide in the crevice of the rock, and I'll pass by you with my back. And even then, the people couldn't stand to look at him when it was over because they were so terrified at how blazingly bright and glorious and awesome and yet also kind of terrifying, and holy, Jesus is amazing. The Mount of Transfiguration talks about this. When they go up the mountain, and what happens is the disciples, just a few disciples got to see Jesus kind of become himself in that moment with Moses and Elijah. And Peter's so lost in it. He's like, this is awesome. Let's build houses. Let's start some real estate, and people could retire here. Like... Branson, before there was ever a Branson, right? Just, and, and I love how Jesus just kind of does anyway, <laughs> and he moves on. This is that moment. This is the glory of God. This is the light of the world. And you and I have that inside of us. We don't know how good and bright and glorious the king of the universe is that resides in us. But, man, we need to. This morning, as I we were singing, What a Good God, man, it just hit me like, and he, God keeps telling me this over and over. It's like he's trying to get something through to me, but that he is so good. He is so powerful. His glory is so bright and so amazing. Nothing can contain it. Today, we're doing trunk or treat, and you know, we do it as an outreach. We want people to know Jesus. We're fine if you want to dress up in a costume and take a piece of candy, but ultimately we want you to know Jesus loves you, and he wants you to walk with him, and even more than that, he wants you to be a part of a faith family. We are being the light of the world to the world. We're taking what's kind of a weird day. Anytime that you have a day of the year where you're like, let's celebrate serial killers, that's a little weird. Right? It's off. There's no other. If somebody did that, like on St. Patrick's Day, you'd be like, maybe we should call somebody. You know? But, you know, on, on the 31st, like, we're all fine with it. But this is the day where we shine the light of Jesus to the world. We don't run from any darkness because that's not what light does. That's silly, almost, right? Like, that, is, is there a light bulb you've ever seen that, light, before you turn it on, it's like, I don't know if I could do that. I can't shine like that. Like, we're afraid of the dark till the lights come on. It's kind of crazy. Matter of fact, I want to do something really quick. So I have, a, I have something here for everybody in the room. And and if you would, and you get to keep this today, I want everybody to take, it's a sleep mask, and I want you to take it. Don't worry, nobody's going to touch you or anything like that, all right? And I want you to, oh, f- before you put it on, I want you to take your phone, I want you to turn Turn your flashlight on on your phone. So pull out your phone, okay? Turn on your flashlight. Yeah, if you don't know, it's okay. We can uh, do a class for you after. Maybe just ask your kids next to you. Ask them if they're they're under 30 that you should be fine, okay? But just take out your phone. If you have a question, raise your hand. But otherwise, okay, I think you're going to be okay. Turn on your flashlight, then... Once your flashlight's on, I want you to close your eyes as tight as you can and then put the mask on. So we'll wait till everybody gets there. Take your time. It's all right. Say, so, are we going to do this the whole sermon? Yeah, we are. It's going to be crazy. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, so, so put it on. Close your eyes as tight as you can. Turn your phone on. Turn that flashlight on. And when you have a second, if your eyes are closed and sleep mask on, I want you to tell me can you put that flashlight up to your eyes with your eyes closed and sleep mask on? Can you see light? Yes? No? Very little, right? Okay, now keep your eyes closed and just take your mask off. Eyes closed, take your mask off. Hold up the light again. Can you see the light? Okay, now keep it there and open your eyes. (laughs) All right, all right. You put the mask away. You can keep them if you want. If you have trouble sleeping, there you go. You're like, I forgot a costume. There you go. We're going to play a game after when you see a girl. (laughs) So here's the thing. When When you are blinded, light is difficult to see. But at no point does the, listen to me, at no point of your darkness was that light any brighter. Or any darker. The light of the world of Jesus Christ shines. And the more we remove the darkness, the more we push into the darkness, the less dark it is. I would argue part of the reason we are where we are is because we stop being the light of the world. Our culture is so broken and so lost, not because we haven't voted the right people in. We voted in people for the last 250 years. Guess what? We're still here, and we're convinced every single one of them on one side of the aisle or the other, or the Green Party if you're one of those, bless you. (laughs) <laughs> and yet never, never one of them saves us. Why? Because they're not the light of the world. Jesus is. We keep wondering, why is it getting so dark? I don't know, but the Bible does tell us wherever it's darkest, the light shines the brightest. Man, get out there and shine our light. That's what we're meant to do. And it should be a great joy to us. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, a church is a soul-saving company or it's nothing. We are meant to shine our light to the world and let people who are far from God come home. You may not know this, but when you are a Christ follower, you are a bearer of light to the world. In your workplace, when somebody like, I don't know why this guy doesn't like me. He might be in the darkness in your light. He doesn't even know why he doesn't like you. You're convicting him. The Holy Spirit's working on his life. He doesn't even understand it. And I'm not talking about light like Eastern mysticism would say, like love and light to you. It drives me nuts when somebody says, oh, 27 people died, love and light to you. What? You don't know what you're talking about. I want the light of Jesus Christ that actually shines down on me to come in. But also, blind people who are born blind, we are born without the knowledge of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're born with the knowledge that there is a God and we want to know him, but we don't get born with the relationship with him. We eventually have to make a conscious decision that says, Jesus, I follow you, I'm in darkness, and I need the light. And when we do that, that begins to change our life. We begin to see. See, people in darkness don't know they're in darkness. Most blind people, unless they grow into it, if they're born blind, you don't know what it's like to see. We get so mad at people in the world for doing what people in the world would just do. I remember being on, I, I worked a lot of different jobs over the years, like, blue collar jobs, I worked on construction sites as laborers, and man, and there's a bunch of blue collar guys in here, has anybody ever noticed, they don't always talk very nice, has anybody ever heard, it's just, you notice that, maybe just a hair, just, sometimes they swear, words, out loud, with their, right? like, like this is language, this is how they talk, this is, this is norm, why, because they're without light, darkness doesn't know how to be light. They don't get it right when my kids are or when we do the dishes right sometimes my kids occasionally will do the dishes and you know what they'll do just just occasionally they do most of the time they do a good job but here and there they'll not turn the light on over the sink and they'll do the dishes at night <laughs> and here and there I'll, I'll turn it on and we'll grab it and be like try again <laughs> because I don't want to die from your lack of light over washing the dishes. This is what light does. A few things light actually naturally does. Light, sunlight nourishes and immunizes the body. Did you know that? It's where they get the Superman theme from, like Superman is restored by the sun, because we actually are. It's one of the reasons why they're like, it's, it's so crazy during, during COVID that more in the summer seasons, people are better, and in the winter, they're not. Isn't that weird? No, (laughs) we've known about vitamin D for some time now, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's not weird. We knew this is how a virus works, and this is how the immune system in the body works, right? That It's literally built into the universe, and it's a reflection of the glory of God. And when the glory of God shines on our life, it begins to immunize us from the darkness of this world. And not only that, it does so for others, too. When you make a law on the land that says don't murder, people benefit from that law, (laughs) right? Unless they're like, oh, everybody just do your own thing. We all love watching the movies about the Wild West, but you know, I don't want to live there. (laughs) Some of you are like, oh, I would, right, until somebody shoots you. And then like, this isn't fair, right? A few other things light does, it removes depression, So seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. It really comes from a lack of light in life. Matter of fact, solitary confinement being kept from light will drive a person insane who was normally mentally stable. Some of you have worked like long shifts of overnight, and some of you can do it, and good for you. But man, if most people who work like graveyard shifts for long amounts of time, it's statistically proven, it takes a mental toll. Why? Because light actually removes depression. It normalizes the mind. Some of you are like, oh, I love the nighttime. You might. But at some point, even you need daylight, right? Some of you are like, well, not me, because I don't tan very well. I don't either. I get the all red Euro tan like everybody else does. But, but even still, like, that's just, you know, some, some of you guys are like the Vols family. You just brown up everything, you know. <laughs> good for you. Like, some of us are just reflective. That's what we are. Uh, but, but that's okay, Right? <laughs> But the truth is, light does the same thing for both of us. We need it. And then, light also stems anxiety. Something about darkness, it increases it in our lives, and light removes it. When you are light in a situation in your workplace, in your family, you're doing something in the atmosphere the darkness doesn't understand, but you can know it. When it's you ever had those positions, and you, you will if you haven't, if you're a Christ follower long enough, you'll have somebody who says, I, I don't know what it is, but there's just a calming presence when you're around. It's not me, it's the light of God in me. It's the light dispelling the darkness, saying you have no place. It says, the light does amazing things, even when the darkness doesn't understand it. The light created the first hospital in every nation. Jesus Christ, Christ followers, the first hospital in every nation across the globe was pretty much started by Christians. Did you know that? Why? Because that's what light does. Light is the one that initiated stopping slavery across the globe. Light is the one that initiated equality between genders. There's two, by the way. Okay? Light is the one that, would, uh, that's, that came into nations with large... Fiji, for example, was a, was a nation with cannibalism across its nation. And it was missionaries who came into that land who began to untwist their twisted minds. Why? Shining the light. Light dispels darkness. When you want to give up, you need to understand this is what's happening. Even when you don't, even when you don't see... In the supernatural realm, in the unseen realm, you are shining, man. You are changing the atmosphere. Jesus said, you're a city on a hill. We are meant to be seen. Your Christ followership is meant to be viewed by everybody. It is not meant to be hidden. Right? It is not meant to hide. Some of you are like, my faith is private then I would argue it's not faith, it's something else. Our Jesus followership affects everything. Who I'm with, what I do, where I go. Why? Because I follow the light. I go where the light goes. Right? Cloud by day, fire by night. I'm I'm with the light of Jesus Christ. I'm with the light. What else about a city on a hill? It's a place of refuge. Man, I hope you feel at home here and loved. And mostly comfortable. There's times the Holy Spirit works in our lives and we're not comfortable, but in a good way because he's nudging and moving us along. But what we shouldn't be is afraid, we shouldn't be angry. It doesn't mean we don't have righteous indignation at times doesn't mean at times fear doesn't overtake us. But as a whole, I am in Christ Jesus, my rock and cornerstone. I am in the place of refuge. Thrive as a place of refuge. If you are struggling here today, you are welcome. You are loved. You are wanted. And this is a safe place. Nobody here is going to beat you up. And if they do, tell me. Because I'll beat them up. I'm kidding. I won't. It <laughs> Depends on the size. Like... Here and lower. Okay, moving on. We're meant to be seen. And we should long for that being seen, for others to see the light of Jesus Christ and want to come home. Man, if you're a Christ follower, the thing is, when you're new to Jesus, you want everybody in on Jesus. But when you're older in Jesus, you just forget. See, like, I love my wife as much, if not more so than the day I married the day we married, I was like, ha oh. Now, it <laughs> doesn't mean I don't feel that at times now. It's just, right? And what happens is, and it's wrong, but what happens is we get casual and comfortable with our creator as followers of Christ. And we forget people lost in darkness so need the light. They need to come home. And it should wake us up in the night. It should burden our hearts so badly. It, we should wrestle with it so much, saying, God, make me more effective. Make me a soul winner. Make me like you. Help me to convey the truth of who you are to them. Help me to relate to them the way they need to be related to. Help me to speak their language however needs to be spoken so that they they come to know you. Jesus, please. So did you... Do you remember what it was like to be in darkness? It's not good. It's painful. It's filled with fear, anxiety, and the weight of the world is upon you because you don't know that somebody took it up for you. It is lonely. Because who do you turn to? Right? This is life without Jesus. Spurgeon said this, Have you no wish for others to be saved? then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. You cannot come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and realize I can keep this to myself. Penn, you guys know Penn and Teller? You guys remember Penn and Teller? They're a magic team. I think they have a show in Vegas now. Is that right? I've I've never been to Vegas, so I wouldn't know. Um, I don't gamble uh, because I'm poor. And so, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, Thrive is very generous to us. But um, I, I... William, uh, I believe it's, I forget his first name, but Penn, he is a staunch atheist, staunch. He's got a podcast about it, a lot of YouTube videos about it. And he has said himself, and I think this is really good, he said, you know, I am never offended when a Christian tries to share their faith with me or convert me. Because if you truly, genuinely believe that I will spend an eternity in hell, I would find it an insult if you don't share it with me cause how little do you think of me if you don't man really right how many of us just we're not regularly sharing we're not shining even though we got the light we're kind of keeping it we're hiding it we're 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 about our safe family safe for the whole family right well, that's what we're doing with our lives you know C- covering and protecting within our christian worlds and like no 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 get out there and shine what is, has you, have you ever seen a shadow fight against light? No, because they can't do anything. Light doesn't fight darkness. It just shines and darkness goes away. That's it. When I walk into a room, I'm not like, I command you darkness to go. No, I just turn the light on. <laughs> right? When there was darkness before the universe, what did Jesus do? He spoke and light came into existence. That's it. God is not afraid of darkness, neither are we, but more than that, we should be walking and sharing this light when we are a light to everyone. We're a light to everybody. Our deeds shine before everybody. This light becomes everything we're about and to everybody. You know, there's some people in my life who I love dearly who I don't have as close a relationship with because they know I walk in the truth and the light of Jesus Christ, and they're not interested for right now. And when I'm with them, I'm going to tell them about it. And I'm going to point to them about it. And I'm going to live it out. They know there's certain things I won't do. There's certain things I won't watch. There's certain things I won't take part in. Why? Because I'm part of light. Not because I'm better than them. And they know I don't think I'm better than them. But there are some where I'm like, I, I, they won't associate with me because I'm in light. And there's others that I'm like, it, light has nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. And, and if you want nothing to do with Jesus, you probably want nothing to do with me because that's all I'm about. We, we keep shining our light. We don't necessarily cut everybody off or things like that, but there are some times where it's like they'll tell you to your face, I want to live and walk in darkness. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep shining, man, because I believe in eternity. I believe God wants, wants that for you. I believe he wants to spend forever with you. And I also believe hell is hot and lasts a really long time. And separation from God isn't good. It's eternal and it's permanent and it's painful. And man, I want to live by the light of Jesus Christ all the days of my life, wherever I go, whatever I do. We shine the light of Jesus on everything in our lives. When, when, when we make a decision like, should I, should I enter into this relationship with this person? Shine the light of Jesus Christ on it. With the word of God, with prayer, with counsel from godly people, in times of worship. Shine the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus, are you in this? Is your light upon this? Right, that's what we do. When we decide, man, I, I'm going to take some of my money and put it over there. Shine the light of Jesus Christ upon it. And say, God, are you in this? Would you shine a light on this and and show me? Do you want this for me? That's what we do. We put, we shine the light on everything. How many of you would prepare a meal with no lights on? (laughs) Right? If you would, I am not eating with you. (laughs) Right? None of us would do that. Why? Because we got to know how to measure what what we're going to cut, what we're cutting, right, how big it is, you know, things get hot, and I want to know, I will not touch the things that are hot, do you see what I'm saying, this is life without Jesus, why, we do it as Christians so often, where we, we just go about our business the way we want to, and we're, man, we're cooking in the dark, what are we doing, why, we have the light of Jesus Christ, ask him, talk to him talk to godly people shine your light on this lord what do you want and when i know what the word says you know i know the word says to tell people about jesus so i know that just about everything i do that's going to tell people about jesus as long as i'm not walking into open sin i can do that yesterday i was at the ups store returning something i ran into a guy and the lord tells me hey brian invite him to church (laughs) <laughs> I've served the Lord a long time, and i followed a lot of nudges, and I still have the, like, well, <laughs> I still, I'm, I mean, I'm just like you. I still get intimidated. I'm still like, I am not, like, my son Nathan, he'll talk to every stranger on the planet, you know, like, sometimes it's a little freaky, but, <laughs> it's like, he can talk to anybody everywhere. My wife is pretty much the same way. I am not. Like, in this setting, I'm pretty comfortable. But, like, just out there, you know, I'm like, I don't know this person. I don't. What are they gonna think? And but uh, sure enough, like, all right, Lord, give me an opportunity. And he starts talking to me. I'm like, man, <laughs> all right, all right. And then I said, Hey, man, do you? I don't know if you want, but you're welcome to come. I'd love for you to check out Thrive Church. We're here anytime. And then he says it. He says, Oh, I appreciate that. I'm new to the area. I've not been. Anywhere here before, and I'll, I'll probably check you out sometime. And he just goes about this day. And there it is just the nudge of the Holy Spirit, hearing the light of God in my own life and then shining it to somebody else in a moment because he's new. He probably doesn't know anybody around here. Maybe he doesn't have a church. And all of a sudden, there you go. You just shine a light. It's not up to us what the darkness does with the light, it's just our job to shine it. You know, when we started doing a trunk or treat six years ago, I remember sitting with the team. It was originally uh, Hannah and Zanette. Neither one of them are here anymore; um, moved away, and one she's a, she's on staff at another church, still close with us. And and but I remember saying, like, just so you know, the goal is not to get everybody that comes to trunk or treat to thrive that next week. I mean, that'd be great. What if in six or seven or eight chunk treats they do? What if they finally say, I'll give the church a shot. And then eventually they say, I'll give Jesus a shot. We begin to realize like the light of the world. We are the light of the world, guys. You need to understand something. While Jesus is the answer to all our problems, the church is the light of the world. He could have decided I'll do this, and I don't need your help. Jesus does not need our help. He's doing pretty good. And he says, I'm the light of the world. And then he hands us the ball, and he says, you're the light of the world now. You do it. You go. Shine a light. Change the world. You are a world changer if you are a carrier and bearer of the light of Jesus Christ. You may not know it, but you are. Where you are and who you're with, when you shine the light of Jesus Christ, you are changing the world. You may not know how. You may not know what God's doing, but I am telling you, you are touching lives. I could share story after story, and there's so many. And I bet we could go across this room There's one family in this church here today who Jesus touched her story when she shined the light of God on her own life and said, Lord, would you come through for me in a time of struggle? Linda, would you come on up here? Yeah. This is Linda, and she has a pretty cool story of how the light of God just shined on her life in the last couple years. Go ahead, Linda.
1: Closer, C tone? You said down here. No, nope. you
0: got to have it right there.
1: See? That's
0: yeah, why like you're a not rapper. the sound guy.
1: Okay. <laughs> Growing up, um, me and my sister, we lived in a household. My dad wasn't too kind to us. Um, he was an alcoholic, and we lived around him. And um, I always remember Jesus there, though. I was five years old when I first found out that... I was an alcoholic and um, every evening when it was bad, which was often Jesus was always there he never left me for one second Mm -hmm. I leaned into him I leaned on him starting at five throughout my entire life and as I grew up, you know, as we all have our ups and downs, the darks and the lights right Um, he was always there next to me comforting me I was as young as first grade when I would pray to Jesus before every test, he became my best friend. He was there and he always was my best friend and still is. I say that to the girls all the time. I learned to love Jesus more and more. I learned more about Jesus' love because of my circumstances at home that were bad. But I also learned, obviously, about the love of Jesus from my mom and our church. My mom was a Sunday school teacher for decades, and so were me and my sister, pretty much. We were her helpers, and then she became an elder of our church. So it was the bad, and it was the good. Jesus was still there. The shadow, the shadow of death, you can't have a shadow without light, right? Right? So when you feel you're walking through the shadow of death, Jesus is still there. So fast forward, I'm an adult, I was married, God got me through many layoffs in the mortgage industry. Many. Um, He redeemed that, divorce, losing my home, Maddie's asthma, my own personal addiction, losing my dad, my mom's cancer, and probably the most difficult of them all was raising two girls in this world that we live in as believers because it's tough. But he was there. He still is guiding me and leading me even when I felt that darkness was just too much this time to bear. it. No, it's just too dark this time. Jesus reminded me once again that he is still there. I just hang on. I keep moving forward. I do the work that I can do and I leave the rest to God. I continue to push And lead into him all the time throughout the years he's always provided for me and my girls and this last time was no different I was laid off again as a mortgage underwriter three and a half months ago and I don't know if anybody knows what's going on out there right now but there's a complete hiring freeze in the mortgage industry there is nobody hiring I've never seen it in 27 years and I've never ever had such peace, I guess, I, I wasn't worried. I never really was a big worrier anyhow. Um, there was concern though, after about three and a half months, I'm like, okay, unemployment's gonna run out. But I got hired last month, and nor is nobody hiring. And I, I don't know, and I've said this many times before, Kailish. he always provides, He is not a liar, he is faithful. Whenever I have a slight bit of doubt, I remember. But he's not a liar. He is faithful. This is why my life verse is Isaiah 40, 20, if I can read it. Have you never heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Thank you for listening to my story.
0: (laughs) Man, this is what the light of Jesus Christ does. It shines on our life. When it's dark, it's not dark. God is good. I can see, I know where he's taking me. The other night we were at a concert and in a moment, you know, where everything kind of calms down and it's all dark. Everybody grabs their phones and turns the light on and then it goes across the room and it's not because the concert's so good. Matter of fact, a lot of times in those moments, they're not even playing, you know? It's because something in our spirits recognizes light and darkness is amazing. And then when more and more join it, it's just phenomenal. That's what we do when we lift up the name of the Lord. We're seeing the light of Jesus Christ shine up our lives. We're joining the throne room. And we're echoing and singing the praises of the light of God across the universe.